And good morning, guys. It is the 17th of January, 2020. And yes, we are live as we speak. And I am, and as we speak, I am linking this onto Twitter and to Facebook um, right now. So you guys can. Um, basically, uh, check this out, um, if you want, and let me see if we can get to, uh, live stream stuff here. On events. So, let's do that. Okay, and right now I just put it onto Twitter, and Twitter right now is <laughs> one of the recent tweets they just put up about 11 seconds ago is um, the sing-along version of Frozen 2 is now out in theaters. So, yeah. And what's this? So... There we go. Trying to make sure everything is uh, adjusted here for me. Hold on. All right, there we go. Sorry about that. <laughs> I had to adjust some things there. Um. But yeah, uh, welcome again, like I said, to the um, live stream as I'm adjusting stuff here. Um, StreamYard, obviously, and I don't know how else you could do live streams with with, uh, with YouTube anymore. It's probably the best option you got, unless having Google Chrome allows you to do that now, too, but I seriously doubt that. Okay. But yeah, it's uh, 8.05 in the morning. I don't have to leave the house for another few hours, um, of course, because I start around 11.45 today, and uh, I'm off at 4.15. Yeah, go figure, right? I mean, yesterday I started at 12.15. I was off at 4.30, so, you know, go figure uh, on that one. 
So, anyway, though, guys, hopefully you can hear me, and we are up and going here. So, anyway, yeah, topics on my mind. You will also be able to hear this later on because I will try to MP3 it uh, later on through the YT to MP3 thing and uh, options that we have on the internet, the YT to MP3, and then you'll be able to listen it listen to it through podcast, audio podcast uh, form. So hopefully you guys will take a chance with that and um, enjoy it um, as we speak. You know, well, not as we speak, because as we speak is right now, you know. So, uh, but basically enjoy it later on when you get the um, opportunity. But anyway, let's let's talk about a few uh, subjects here, shall we? Now, I am going to say this. I am very limited, uh, depending on where this gets broadcasted at. You know, here on StreamYard, um, they start you out on the basic free package at 20 hours. And the, the higher you go up in the package, you know, upgrade-wise, the more options you get. So you got to be careful with this and how you do it. Um, I only did about 23 minutes on the other one, so that's not much of a big deal. Um, it, but it does add up. Podbean, it gives you five hours, but then as time goes on, it kind of decreases, you know, with it, especially the length of your podcast. Anchor.fm, I think, has got limitations, but they, you know, hour-wise, it's kind of like, you know, it's there to enjoy or something. So, um, but I think they do have options as well to go further. Um, Anyway, though, um, okay, like I was saying, let's talk about, you know, let's talk about a few uh, topics here. This is also part of the audio podcast called Uncut, Unscripted, and on the Fly, or Unscripted, Uncut, and on the Fly. So, hopefully you guys um, will enjoy that. And uh, hold on for a sec. Because I was listening on the audio, that might sound like, why did he go quiet? I'm just uh, typing in stuff here for a second here. Um, but anyway, again, let's let's get into some 
some topics here. Let's talk about some a variety of topics and uh, go from there, um, if you will. Just adjust my seat here. Got to get myself a new chair <laughs> eventually. As you can see, it kind of go up and down. Uh, but like I said, I got to get myself a, a new chair eventually. Um, but let's talk about some subjects here, shall we? First of all, first subject on mind, topic on the mind, is the fact that this is the weekend of the NFL Conference Championships. In other words, the AFC Conference Championship and the NFC Conference Championship. And I said this before when I did a video um, over this past weekend. Actually, it was last Sunday. And that video um, basically talked about how more right, and I say this with all due respect, but how more right, how more legit, how more, I, I guess you could say, realistic and earned these conference championship matches were because of the fact that when you look at them, you have Tennessee at Kansas City and Green Bay at San Francisco. Now, looking back on previous years, some people would say, yeah, some of these teams would have gotten here, but that's would have gotten to the playoffs, I should say, but they wouldn't have gotten any further. They wouldn't have gotten to this point. Well, not only did they get to this point, ladies and gentlemen, but they are now just one game away from the Super Bowl uh, occurring. And as you can see in the back of me here, of course, I would like the 49ers to win. Uh, as a matter of fact, to be honest, my ideal Super Bowl matchup would be the Niners and the Chiefs, seeing as though from 1994 to 2000, I lived in Kansas. I lived for about six years with my dad, going on six years at that time, up from... I think it was June uh, 1994 to May 2000. And then I lived on my own from May 2000 to uh, November 2007 before moving back out here. So I, um, I had some, I had a uh, time to myself, honestly, I had some time to myself and, you know, a lot of people, uh, you know, they, they look at me and they, sometimes wonder, you know, why, why did I, you know, give that all up, if you will. But um, anyway, long story short, I kind of have a personal vet, uh, investment in seeing both those teams go against each other. And it wouldn't be the first time that two teams that I, I'm a fan of when it go, uh, from both regions went against each other in a world championship. The other time was several years ago with the Kansas City Royals and the San Francisco Giants. So, again, it wouldn't be the first time uh, this would happen. But anyway, let's, uh, again, you know, getting back on topic, I should say, um, it's, you know, these games feel, in my opinion, more legit, more real, more like they w were actually earned by the teams, you know, being in them. And and then on top of that, on top of that, you have 
you have some interesting scenarios that can come out of this. In other words, some interesting Super Bowl matchups that I think anybody will watch. It doesn't matter probably if their team doesn't get in. Again, I hope the Niners and the Chiefs win. Again, but that's that's up to what happens this Sunday. You know, it's up. It's in the hands of God Almighty, in my opinion, exactly as to who's going to head to Miami. But if I was a, but no, I'm not going to say that. I'm not going to say that saying. You know, if I was a betting man, I'm not going to do that. Uh, but if I was to look at the scenarios that we have. Like I said, uh, and it's early still. It's about eight twelve, eight fourteen, I should say. But if I was to look at the scenarios, guys, the the vast amount of scenarios that can come out of the Super Bowl, come out for the, come out of this for the Super Bowl, I should say, it's it's a win win, no matter what you look at. I mean, you have the possibility of San Francisco, Kansas City. People would love that. You have the possibility of Green Bay in Tennessee. People would love that. You have the possibility of San Francisco, Tennessee. You have the possibility of a Super Bowl one matchup, you know, rematch 50 years in the making between the Chiefs and the Packers. And honestly, that's one thing I guarantee you, if that occurs, if that's the Super Bowl we get, you can already pretty much see a lot of conspiracy theory, theorist, a lot of conspiracy theorist. Uh, as far as the NFL is concerned, coming out and saying, oh, well, this was planned from the get-go. This was a lockdown from the get-go. This, you know, th- they just want to do the rematch of Super Bowl one because it's it's the best way to end the 100th season of the NFL and da-da-da. And that might be true. That might be true because, again, it's been 100 seasons since the NFL began, and basically uh, the Super Bowl – would basically be about 54 years in the making for the Super Bowl, The rematch would be 50, over 50 years in the making. But the question would be exactly what direction would they go in with it? See, see, that's, that's, a, that's the question anybody would have. It's what direction would they go with it? So, you know, again, that's that's a question people need to to wonder. And my thing hit the mic there. I do apologize. Um. So yeah, again, you got some interesting scenarios. Excuse me. We do know that the players of the teams that win, even though they're voted to the Pro Bowl, will not be in the Pro Bowl players that are kind of like voted in, but are like on the reserve. Um, basically, uh, like I said, basically they, they are, um, how, how do you put this? They are the ones that will get the, get the call. In other words, if a team like I said, if the Niners go in, any of their pro bowlers get replaced by another team's pro bowlers that, like I said, are on reserve just in case, you know, on standby just in case that team goes. So, anyway, though, um, getting back on topic here for a second. 
Uh, getting back, but getting back on topic, but getting back to, like I said, the interesting matchups here, a lot uh, – I'll tell you this. I'll be honest. If if you're a conspiracy, conspiracy theorist for the, of the NFL, then you know that whoever wins the first conference championship game played that day on Sunday, that's pretty much going to tell you the direction they may go in. You know what I'm saying? That may uh, tell you what direction they are going in. Because, you know, you wouldn't be able to... Because, honestly, it's like, do you know what direction they're going in or do you not know what direction they're going in? You see, that's that's the big question. And, again, you know, that... You know, you have to wonder, you know, if the first conference championship game, which is the AFC one, is going to set the tone of, okay, now we know where they're going with this. Who are they going to put in? We'll have to wait and see. But, yeah, it's it's really, it's really intriguing. It's, uh, but again, uh, the, the matchups are really intriguing because, you look at these four teams, you look at Tennessee, you look at Kansas City, you look at Green Bay, you look at San Francisco, and these are teams that people would say like, oh, yeah, you know, they, they um, you know, they're basically it's like, oh, yeah, those teams could have made the playoffs, but they wouldn't have gotten this far. Now, here you are. And what's interesting about this is these are teams that are more West and Midwest uh, acknowledged Tennessee might be the closest to an East team uh, and um, that's about it but all the other teams are more like Midwest West region and the winners get to meet each other in Miami so I mean it, like I said it's going to be an interesting scenario to see exactly where we go um, from here especially starting Sunday because Again, if you're a conspiracy theorist of the NFL, then you kind of have an idea, or you kind of have it in your mind that the winner of the AFC championship is going to set the tone for who goes and plays them in the Super Bowl. All right, so next up, so we're done with that subject. Next up, um, Let's talk about something that's been on my mind a lot, and I've talked about this a variety of times, folks, and that is Hallmark. Now, Hallmark recently kind of went back to its regular schedule, and what I mean by its regular schedule is a lot of the shows that people would tune into Hallmark to watch for nostalgic reasons, are back on the air. Golden Girls, Frasier, Cheers, you name it. And some of the original programming they have, like the Home and Family one, you know, that talk show, which is, I guess, the their answer to, like, say, uh, Good Morning America or something, or to the Today Show. And sorry about whatever noise that was in the background uh, that you just heard. Uh, but anyway, that... But anyway, Hallmark is pretty much uh, back on track, um, if you will. But, but, however, folks, we do 
still have to address something because even as we head into February, which is Valentine's Day month, we do have to address this. During certain, and I said this before, and I've mentioned this certain, and I've mentioned this before, I should say, that during certain times of the year, Hallmark likes to go on this mar- this mini marathon of this huge month-long, week-long uh, marathon, um, if you will, you know, showing, showcasing um, original Hallmark films that are either reruns from previous years or new ones debuting that year, or in this case, this year. And here's the thing. Here's the thing. Hallmark, got to be honest, and I say this with all due respect, Hallmark has the potential to be a great channel. I know of a lot of people that I'm friends with, I used to go to school with them, um, that love Hallmark. They absolutely love it. I know that my members of my family love Hallmark. But here's the thing. I think all of them have to admit this. And what they have to admit is that as much as they love Hallmark, that basically, basically, the movies you get, whether they're new for that year and for that specific part of the season, a Pacific season of that year. Whether they're new for that year, and like I said, especially if they're new for that particular season of that year, or the reruns from previous years, you have to admit that basically what you're getting with a lot of these stories is the same story time after time after time. And if you're wondering what I mean by that, I've talked about this before. What Hallmark does is they might change the faces when it comes to the actors and the actresses. They might change the names of the characters they will portray. They may name the they may change the names of the town or the locations they're going to be at. And more specifically, they may change the title of the movie. But when you get down to it and you're watching that movie, you're going to notice, especially if you're watching that movie after you've just watched another one, you're going to notice that there is a similar pattern or there's a similarity. And that similarity, if not, if not identifiable similarity and familiarity, is the fact that the new movie you're watching feels like the movie you just watched before it or even the day before. Because you could sit back, watch this movie, new movie, think you're going to have a good time watching it, and you might, but after it's all said and done, you're going to sit back, talk about it maybe with family or friends, and then suddenly it's going to dawn on you, you know what? Or should I say, it's it's suddenly going to dawn on you during that conversation that you're going to realize, and you'll acknowledge this to that person, you know what? That movie felt very familiar, felt 
very similar to the last one I just watched the day before or just before this. You're going to start feeling like there's a, you're going to start sensing that familiarity. And the reason you're going to be sensing it, ladies and gentlemen, is real simple. It's due to the fact that you're going to start realizing that you just watched the same story that you just saw before in the movie you just saw previously, either the day before or even moments before you watched a new one. And that's Hallmark's problem. Now, look, I'm not just now, look, I'm not signaling Hallmark out just for this, okay? There are, I'm not signaling them out as the only ones that do this, okay? There are others that do this. But even though there are others that do this, like Lifetime and We and a few others, even the more established ones like HBO, Cinemax, Showtime, ABC Network, you know, NBC, CBS, they're all guilty of doing this at some point. The one that's more, the most guilty out of it, unfortunately, is Hallmark. The one that's more, the one that is the most egregious when it comes to this is Hallmark. And why? Because every time I can have my door shut right here, I can have my door shut right here, okay? And I could still hear from the living room my family listening, members of my family watching Hallmark, watching one of their different movies, especially during the holiday Christmas season, or during this time of year, the Valentine's season going into Easter season, you know, I can hear them listening to watching that movie or watching a Pacific movie, and then after they're done, they'll continue watching Hallmark to see the new movie, and then as the Watching that movie, I could sit here in my room on my computer here or be on my futon in the back, uh, laying down or playing my PS4 or whatever, and I can hear, especially as I'm walking about, I could hear that other new movie that I'm watching after the one they just did, and I could swear I'm listening to the same movie or i'm hearing them watch the movie they just watched and i'm like this is stupid this is stupid and i say that with all due respect but this is dumb hallmark needs to get their act together hallmark has the potential the potential to be a great destination for movies based around certain parts of the year Valentine's Day, Easter, summer movies, you know, like 4th of July and all that. Holiday movies like, you know, Thanksgiving movies and mostly Christmas movies. They have the potential to be a great destination. And from what they promote and others have said, they seem to have a successful formula when it comes to that, a successful track record. But, you know, obviously it's not what it used to be. Because I'll be honest with you. I'll, com- I'll be completely honest with you. Hallmark used to have a successful track record 
where, yes, you would get your romantic story, but then you have a follow-up movie that was more comedic. Heck, they had a, they did a Hallmark original movie with freaking Whoopi Goldberg. And she's not really known that much for doing romantic films. You know what I'm saying? She's not really known that much for doing that. So to get Whoopi to do one of the movies, they had to do something outside the box. But now it seems that they're falling behind. They are falling behind on that, and it's not helping them. It is not helping them whatsoever. You know what I'm saying? It's not helping them. And they need to fix that. They need to fix that. And they need to fix it now. Because I guarantee you, I guarantee you, I could be wrong about this, guys. But I guarantee you, someone's going to come out one of these days. Someone's going to come out uh, from a major league level, a major network executive producer, network position, whatever. They're going to walk in one day. They're going to notice the identical similarity to what's going with the, they're going to notice what I'm trying to say. Okay. What I'm trying to say guys is this, what I fear is going to happen is someone, an executive of some kind, cable executive, network executive, what have you, is going to walk in to the headquarters of the Hallmark channels. They're going to notice if not hear about the similarities, if not identical storyline telling or storytelling between the movies that get broadcast on Hallmark that are Hallmark Originals, and that executive is going to say, no, we're not doing this anymore. We need to do something different. We need to be original with variety. Someone is going to walk in there and tell them they need to have variety because let's say that executive wants to see what some of these new movies are about, and they sit back and they watch them. That executive, after watching maybe two two or three of them, could be like, yeah, these were good, but they were basically the same story. You just switched up the actors, you switched up the locations, you just switched up the titles of the movies, movies, and that's it. They will basically point out the same thing I'm pointing out, that these are the same stories, you know, being done over and over again. I mean, for example... Last year, last month, my mom was watching several of the Christmas movies, one from the previous year and one that just debuted last year, and I could almost swear that the story was identical to the last one. You know, you know, father and daughter, you know, meet this female, the lead female who falls in love with the father, who the daughter takes a liking to, da 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 Same story, only thing that has changed is the faces the locations, and the titles. And Hallmark needs to fix that, and they need to fix it immediately. And again, I'm not saying that they're the only ones guilty of this. Everyone else is guilty of Everyone else that's done this, every other cable channel or network that's put on these kind of programs, these kind of movies in my... Uh, hold on for a sec. My nose is just itching. I had a little bit of an itch. Uh, but anyway... Anyone, any other uh, network, and I'm just uh, just in the mic here. Hold on. 
All right. Sorry about that. But like I said, any other any other uh, network, if you will, any other network or channel has been guilty of doing this, but it seems Hallmark is the most guilty out of them all. And they need to fix that. They need to fix it immediately because you know what? Sooner or later, like I said, one day it's not going to be people like me that come on to places like YouTube, Podbean, Spotify, you know, Anchor.fm, in other places, calling them out about this. No, we're not. Other people, other, other people, you know, what's going to happen, I'm trying to say, is you're going to have these big execs one of these days come in, maybe even new executives that will take charge, and they're going to notice it, and they're going to be like, no, we're not, we're not going to do this. We're, we're, we're not going to go um, in that direction. You know, we're not going to uh, basically air the same story over and over again just because you switched out the title, you switched out the people that are acting in it, and you switched out the locations. No, we're going to do something completely different. And if that and if that happens, then Hallmark's going to have no one to blame but themselves. So if I'm Hallmark, and I say this with all due respect, it's time to switch things up, and it's time to give variety. Okay. On to the next subject here, folks. On to the next subject. And that next subject is this. As a lot of you know, I've come on here on YouTube and I have done web recommendations of several people you can find on places like DeviantArt. One of them is Mr. Internet Man, and the other is Minor Dash Alterations. Both have collaborated with each both have collabed with each other on uh, several projects. More specifically, the Demonica Story series, which you can find on DeviantArt. Well, I got to thinking. We know that nowadays. We know that nowadays. Honestly, folks, this is the truth. We know nowadays Hollywood will take anything they can and make it into a movie, whether it's based on a comic book, a video game, what have you. So when I look at uh, Mr. Internet Man's Demonica character, and then I read the Demonica story series that Minor Dash, Altera- Minor Dash Alterations is doing, it got me thinking, what if Hollywood was to take a stab at that? What if they were to do something identical, if not similar, if not based around that? My question would be, who would they get to either voice the character if it was done in animation, CGI, 2D, a blend of both, hybrid of 2D, 3D, you know, CGI. Or if it was done in live action with, you know, of course, the technology we have now, the CGI technology and everything. Who could they get to voice or, from a uh, on-camera perspective, portray these characters? Because we got to look at one thing. If Hollywood, if a studio director and what have you, was to take a chance on doing something similar to the Demonica series, 
who could they get to play the character that becomes Demonica, the Veronica character, or someone identical to her? And I thought to myself, well, hmm, that's, that's, a, that's, a good, that's a good question. Who could they get? And I thought to myself, well, they'd want to have a decent name attached to it. They want to have a decent name attached to it. And I think, honestly, if they were to get anybody, I think who they would get is the woman that's going to be opposite of Gail Cabato. Or Gail Cab- I can't pronounce her name. Gail Cabato. Uh, Gail Gabbett. Uh, in Wonder Woman, as Wonder Woman, the girl that's going to be playing Chita, and that is Kristen Wiig. Kristen Wiig has been known to do some comedic roles, and I think, honestly, even though she's going to test the waters with a comedic-slash-dramatic role uh, in Wonder Woman 84, I think Kristen Wiig would make a terrific Veronica-slash-Demonica. Uh, the reason I say that is because I definitely could see her having fun with it. It definitely would call for someone in a more comedic sense. And I think her, and I think she is a big enough name, I should say, that people would actually go and see this in theaters or tune in nowadays on a streaming service like Amazon or Netflix to, to watch it just because of her and to see how, how much fun she could have portraying a character like a Veronica slash Demonica, who, as Demonica, has powers to shapeshift into anyone or anything. And anything, I'm talking inanimate objects, vehicles, plants, or, you know, turn into puddles of goo, slime, if you will, stuff like that, split herself in two, stuff like that, you know, you know, have a certain, you know, one-on-one action with her clone, if you catch my drift. I think Kristen Rick could really pull that off. The other one I think is Margaret Robbie, the one, you know, who's going to be coming out in the new Birds of Prey Harley Quinn movie. I think she could do it as well because she's shown she can have a comedic side as well. And I think she could definitely have a lot of fun with it. I mean, obviously she is having, obviously she's having a lot of fun being Harley Quinn. So who's to say if she was given a role like this, that she wouldn't have fun with that. Um, as far as any other person that they can get to play a character, I think, honestly, Zoe Saladini, who's known as Gamora in the MCU, known as the voice as Captain Cirillo in the My Little Pony movie and several other films she's been in. I think Zoe Saladini would, would actually make a good choice for Ruby Walker. I really do. I think she'd make a great Ruby um, because Ruby is basically someone that is a serious character trying to take her job seriously, but she has this side of her that, you know, she doesn't let out and it takes Demonica slash Veronica to help her bring that side of herself out and introduce her to, um, the wonders of what she's able to do and share it with her um, as well. And that was just my dog. She was waking up a little bit from her sleep. 
Uh, I got to let her out before I leave, too, so she doesn't have any accidents in the house. Um, but anyway, getting back on topic here, and she's all right. Like I said, she just uh, woke up from a nap. But anyway, like I said, I think Zoe Saladini could definitely play a good Ruby Walker, be that opposite of of uh, Veronica, DeMonica, whether it's played by Kristen Rigg or Margaret Robbie. I definitely think she'd make a good Ruby Walker-like character because, like I said, you know, she's a, a character that Ruby, that is, that takes her job seriously. She meets up with Veronica, Demon, Veronica slash Demonica, and Demonica slash Veronica brings out the side of her that she's kept hidden with the powers that she has by sharing it with her. And honestly, I think it would be—I think they would make a great on-screen pairing, especially as the movie progresses. If something like this was to be made, I think another uh, person that could be brought in to kind of round it out. Um. Honestly, um, honestly, I think you have to go with whoever doesn't get the Demonica Veronica role. I would say that whoever doesn't, be, you know, get cho- chosen to portray Demonica slash Veronica, Sorry about that, guys. Uh, phone went off. Obviously a wrong number because it only rang twice. Uh, but anyway, what was I? Oh, yeah. Whoever doesn't get the role of Demonica slash Veronica, I think would make a good um, Rebecca slash Exotica, who is basically someone that has the same powers. So let's say, as I was trying to say, uh, Margaret Robbie, if she doesn't get the role, of Demonica slash Veronica, I think Margaret Robbie could make a good um, Exotica slash Veronica. I mean, Exotica slash Rebecca. The same with Kristen Wiig. If Kristen Wiig doesn't get it, and let's say someone like Margaret Robbie gets it, I think Kristen Wiig would could make a good Rebecca slash Exotica because again, both characters, both Rebecca slash Exotica and Veronica slash a demonica have the same powers, the same abilities, and all that. And you know, you could have a lot of fun with it because one of the new scenarios that uh, Mister Internet Man has put into his characters is that Exotica and Demonica can fuse together to create someone new. They can either create someone that they both are mentally in control of in which, you know, both can have their <laughs> exotica, demonica faces kind of split down the middle and take over the face of the being they fused into. Uh, they can fu- They have the ability to fuse into someone completely different that's more domineering. Like, let's say this is one character called Angela that, as Mr. Internet Man puts it to one commentator, or one comment- commenter is uh, more vain and... Uh, narcissistic and just selfish kind of deal the kind of the complete opposite of what the girls are or you have kind of an equal 
mutual like fusion where you have a character that's basically a perfect blending of both has two-tone hair coloring of blue sky blue on one side and purple on the other and the character is named zia uh, zaya the character is named zaya and again it's just the perfect blend of both so again either way i think whoever like i said doesn't get the role of demonica slash veronica if something like this was to be done should get the role of rebecca slash exotica now you might ask yourself well this is all cool and everything, Brian, but, you know, what story would they have to go on? And that's a good question. What kind of story would they have to go on? I think, honestly, you'd have to go origin story a bit. You'd have to definitely talk about how, you know, Veronica slash Demonica came into contact with this power, you know, and you would have to kind of maybe dedicate maybe the first 30 minutes or so, depending on the length of the movie, to her learning about her new abilities, having fun with her new abilities. And then as you progress through the movie, you introduce us to the other characters. Like, you know, Ruby could be put into the scenario by investigating all these mysterious happenings that are occurring at night all these reports of people saying they're seeing this mischievous demon flying through the air and disappearing. And some people saying that when they would see her, she would suddenly turn into some kind of goop or goop that would blend in with the wall or something like that. You know, so that's how you can introduce Ruby. And then the other way you can introduce uh, Exotica is... You can have, you know, um, Demonica slash Veronica flying through the night or just deciding to stay home. And she watches on the news and she sees reports of what she would think at first is her, you know, activity. But it's like, wait a minute, I'm not out. I've not been out tonight. What's going on here? I've not been out. And then she notices something that looks like her, but then maybe using a bit of her powers that she has, she kind of sees a little closer, gets a clearer look and says, and kind of acknowledges, oh, wow, there's actually somebody else that has similar powers. I got to see who this is. And then that's how you bring in Exotica uh, slash Rebecca. So, and so you just go from there. And from what I can tell, um, there's a part in the series that they kind of stopped at where there's this um, group of people that know who Veronica slash Demonica is and potentially could know who Exotica slash Rebecca is. And you bring them into the picture with whatever purpose they have and whatever connection they have to what's going on. And I guarantee you, you, you work it all out. You work out all these bits and pieces as well throughout. You do the origin. You connect, you know, maybe months later to, you know, Ruby Walker being brought in to investigate. And then at the same time, you bring in uh, this new character because maybe you do a moment where Veronica decides she just wants to stay in the night. And then she sees it, sees the report. So, 
but like I said, you put those things together, you, and then you bring it all, you introduce at the same time. I'm kind of like, just take your time with it. This new group that knows about what's going on, and you're adding all the bits and pieces. And I guarantee you, I guarantee you, if something like that was to occur, if something like this was to happen, Hollywood could have maybe not a hit, but they could have an interesting movie on their hands. And depending on what studio it could be, whether it's Netflix, Warner Brothers, Universal, someone independently, they could have, like I said, an interesting movie on their hands. Because not only could they have a comedic movie, they could have a sci-fi-like comedic movie. They could have some weight to it as well. So, because of course you got to have one of those moments, those sort of like down-to-earth dramatic moments, to where you have to find out, okay, why is Veronica? allowing herself to become this uh, demon, uh, this mischievous demon elf, and the same with Rebecca, who would have the same abilities. And then, of course, you have to bring Ruby into that equation and kind of reveal why she doesn't let people see this side of her that, you know, Rebecca, that not Rebecca, but uh, Veronica slash Demonica has brought out of her. So I think doing a movie like that based on a story like that I believe it's the best uh, direction action to go in. If, you know, if Hollywood wanted to do that, because we noticed that a lot of stories nowadays based around um, original, based on adapted ideas or maybe even original ideas. And even though those original ideas for those movies might seem out there have become huge successes in Hollywood, Uh, even to the point that, yeah, they might get a nomination at an award show. So, my opinion, though, is I think, honestly, they should, if, if they were to do something like that, if someone in Hollywood, if a director, screenwriter, whatever, was to look on DeviantArt and they were to see the Demonica Story Series, they would see, you know, the you know the Demonica Story Series by Minor Dash Alterations, that is. And then they were to see uh, Mr. Internet Man's gallery of the Demonica character you can't tell me that they may not be interested in trying to bring that to life onto the big screen and maybe bringing in some perhaps A-plus, A-lister actresses in into the fold to portray some of the characters that are spot, spotlighted um, in the Demonica universe, if you will. So that's the third topic. The fourth and final topic we are going to uh, talk about here. The fourth and uh, final topic we're going to talk about here, ladies and gentlemen, is something that has to do with work. Now, I say this from experience because, of course, I work and I work at a big retailer, um, which I have to go to work to for today. And I thank God that I'm working for them. I thank God that they gave me the opportunity almost six years ago. It's going to be six years uh, next month on the 18th. But anyway, um, last year, last year, well, not last year, but every year, not every year, what am I saying? It's like what I'm trying to say is every day that myself or any of my coworkers, associates, co-workers, co-associates go to work. Of course, depending on the position we have, 
we have to deal with customers. Well, here's the thing. We don't mind working with customers depending on how they are. Uh, we know that some customers will try to sneak out some items they didn't pay for. So we got to be careful for, about that, especially with, you know, weeks like weekends like this. And depending on the outcome of the uh, conference championships, uh, weekends to come. Uh, we know we got to be careful. We got to keep an eye out. Um, but here's the thing. One of the things that really kind of bugs me a little bit is, and I say this with all due respect, okay? Because I know I'm not the only worker slash, I, I know I'm not the only worker slash associate at a retail store that, you know, deals with this. I'm not the only one. I know there are some at Target, you know, Best Buy, Kohl's, you name it, uh, that deal with this as well. You know, Safeways, Lucky's, Appleson's, Safe Marts, you know, like I said, they deal with this as well. And what that is, is basically the fact that when you're told to go to break, okay, when you're told, okay, you got to go to break, or you're told basically, and sorry for the pause that I was just thinking about what I was going to say, or you're told, old, you got to go to lunch because you're going to get locked out. Or you realize, okay, you're about to be off. So you need to turn off your light. Here's the thing. You would think when you turn off your light on your register, that that would alert customers, okay, that person's closed. Nope. Nope, it doesn't. And I've talked about this before, but, but and I'll talk about it again. It does not alert the customers. It doesn't. What you physically have to do is get a sign that says lane close, put it at the very beginning of of your lane, which is the basically the, uh, I guess you could say the metal part. The It's like you basically got to put it like, here's the lane, here's the metal part. You basically got to put the sign right on that metal part to let people know, oh, by the way, we're closed. Or you got to take the little plastic chain you have, little plastic um, uh, chain you have, and that's my dog. She just woke up again from her sleep. Uh, but you got to, and she's fine. She's all right. Uh, but anyway, what I was saying is you sometimes even have to take that plastic chain you might have that even says, that even has a sign on there saying, oh, this lane's closed, and put it across between your register and another register that's still open so that people will get the word, oh, I'll get the message of, oh, that lane's closed. Because honestly, it seems to me that when you turn off your light, usually that should be the signal that, oh, your lane's closed. And there are some people that have respect enough to say, or have respect or knowledge enough to realize, oh, that person's closed, they're going home. But to others, when you, but to others, when you do that, from what I've seen, that's not a signal to them that you're closed. No. Like I said, there are people, are, there are customers that respect and realize, oh, when, I, when you turn off a light, you're closed. But there are others that will look at that light being, closed, being shut off, and to them, it's either a signal of, oh, that person's open. 
or they don't see it and all they see is other people. And the reason that happens is because that's how they deal with them. How That's basically how they deal with other stores. Yeah. There are other stores out there, sometimes small mom-and-pop retail stores, sometimes small mom-and-pop grocery stores or medium-sized retail, medium-sized grocery that they don't use lights. They just use signs. And people are so used to that. That when they go to a major retail store like a Target or Walmart or Kohl's or Best Buy, and someone turns off the light acknowledging, oh, on the lane, acknowledging, okay, I'm closing up, they don't see that. They just see people. That's what they're used to. And they need to realize that peop- that basically that's not the case. That not all stores are the same. They need to realize that. They need to realize not all stores are the same. Stores are different. Major retail stores like a Walmart, a Target, a Kohl's, and a Best Buy are completely different. They have lanes that have lights on them that acknowledge that when those lights are on, it acknowledges, oh, he's open or she's open. But when the shut off should send a signal saying, or a message saying, oh, that person's closed. It doesn't. I mean, again, like I said earlier, there are people that do respect, okay, that person's closed. They realize that when the light's off, they're closed. But there are other people that don't because they're not used to that. They're more used to what they do at other smaller to medium-sized retail or grocery stores around, you know, the vicinity. So I my suggestion for anybody out there listening and watching is you need to get people to that are not used to that. You need to get them used to it. You need to get them to realize, okay, this, we need to fix this. We need to help each other, if you will, when it comes to shopping at these bigger grocery, bigger retail stores and grocery marts, you have to help them realize Okay, folks, we know you're used to just looking at people, but at these places, up there, these lights, they're the ones that indicate whether the lane is open or not. Because if the light's off, it's not open. If it's on, it's open. We need to help each other. We need to help each other in that manner because not a lot of people are going to realize that. I mean, I know this sounds confusing a little bit, and I do apologize. But the point, what, the point I'm getting at is, again, not a lot of people acknowledge, you know, what they see. Not, they don't acknowledge, you know, what's in front of them because they're used to doing things one way and that's it. Uh, a good example, for ex- you know, a good example is the fact that one of the things we're asked to do is promote self-checkout. You know, we're told to if we see long lines to gather people to come to self-checkout. And even though I could be at the top of, top of my, and even though I can yell at the top of my lungs, lungs, I should say, when I'm a when I'm put, you know, in charge of the belts, if you will, or put in part, charge of self-checkouts bullpen, as we call it, 
you know, I could yell at the top of my lung, lungs saying, hey, uh, self-checkout belts on grocery side to open if you don't need cigarettes or alcohol, which I'm probably going to do today anyway, possibly. You know, I could yell that and people, the people will come, but not everybody, only like a few people. And why? Because they don't trust the belts. They don't trust them. They don't trust them in what they can do. Or they don't trust themselves. And even if they do want to take a chance, what do they do? They ask us to help them. Or what we have to do, because maybe we notice they might be reluctant, and this is the right thing to do if you work for a retailer that has self-checkout, you have to go up to them and say, you want to try to self-checkout? And even though they might be reluctant, you got to be like, hey, you don't know how to use it. I can help you. But guess what? Sometimes even if you tell them, tell them that, they'll still be like, they'll still refuse. And sometimes they'll refuse out of courtesy. They'll be like, thank you for offering, but I'd rather do it at the regular checkout. And that there is what causes a lot of conflict between customers. Because, you know, they're not, they're not realizing that we're trying to help make their shopping experience, no matter what, you know, retailer you work for, we're trying to make the shopping experience a lot easier. Heck, we're now at the point to where basically a lot of people, we basically have what's known as a checkout with me deal to where we have something like a portable scanner that could scan all the items they have. And then on the other side, they insert the card, type in the number, and then the receipt prints out on this side. So it's gone to that point. And even, and even though people have accepted that and actually appreciate that being a new option, not all of them go with it because they don't trust it. Their belief is, oh, well, these machines are going to put you out of business. They're going to put you out of jobs because you rely too much on them. And, it's like, well, and we try to explain to them, uh, that's not the case. These these machines actually provide more jobs than you think. So, but yeah, they, they have to, um, in my opinion, they, in, in my opinion, overall, people have to understand that just because you do things one way or used to doing th things one way at another store doesn't mean the same thing applies when you go to a Target or Walmart or Best Buy or Kohl's or wherever, because things are different. And you have to adjust to that. So hopefully there will be those out there that will help those people that are used to doing it one way realize, hey, you're going into Target. You're going into Walmart. Things are a little bit different here, especially when you get ready to check out. So hopefully, they, hopefully that happens in the future. But anyway, guys, uh, that's going to pretty much do it for this uh, live TGIF um, topics on my mind video, uh, which is also going to be streamed, uh, also be listened to as an audio as part of the unscripted, uncut, and on the fly podcast on Podbean, Anchor.fm, and Spotify. I hope you guys all enjoyed it. Thank you all for tuning in. I really appreciate your support and everything here. It's really appreciated. And again, you can again. This is going to also be seen or listened to on Podbean, on Podbean, Anchor.fm, and Spotify. Check those places out for the audio version of this broadcast. So.
Thank you all guys for being here. If you were here and thank you all for listening afterwards, let me know what you all think in the comment section down below the things I brought up. And uh, if you have a comment section available to you on Podbean and anchor.fm and Spotify, let me know what you guys think down below there at those comment sections, as well as let me know what you guys think in the comment section below here on the, on my YouTube channel. So again, guys, thank you all for watching. Really appreciate it. And I am out. Have a good rest of the day. I will be back, though, with some videos. Trust me. But until then, have a good rest of the day.